Welcome to the Rosanna Mod Variety Pod. This is your vessel and host, Rosanna Moduño, and here we go. Hello, friends. This is Rosanna Moduño. Thank you, and welcome to episode 190-190. Today, it is an article that I wrote on Hub Pages a couple of years ago titled, The Truth Behind Victorian Post-Mortem Photography. That's right. I got a lot of controversy on this one. I have a lot of uh, photos that are included in the uh, original article that I wrote, and if you're interested in looking at these photos, they're completely they're just crazy, remarkable, they're beautiful, and eerie, and scary at the same time, and sad. The article link will be included in the show notes. Let's begin. I'm going to read this article for you because uh, it's just easier. A look into the amazing practice of photographing the dead in the 19th century. So let's begin with what is Victorian post-mortem photography? Uh, In the Victorian era, which is 1837 to 1901, in most of Europe and America, photographing the dead was common practice, an expensive service provided by photographers as a special way for families to preserve the memory of their loved ones. When somebody died, they would be placed in the home for viewing until the funeral, and while there, Flowers were placed all around the body, not only for visual effects, but to disguise the odor of decay. Sometimes there were so many flowers that one could not see the actual subject. Some tidbits you probably did not know was that there was much superstition around death in those days. And here are some examples. Uh, One, you had to cover all the mirrors with black fabric when someone died because it was feared that the mirror could steal the spirit or the soul and keep it. Kind of like something in Supernatural. (laughs) Wasn't that like in a Supernatural episode? Number two, you were not allowed back into society for two years after the death of a loved one. Number three, all clocks were stopped in the house at the exact time of death. This is, of course, if, if it happened in the home. You know, if it happened outside, I guess, I'm not sure how that would work, but probably close to the time that they found out and they just stopped the clock. And last, widows wore black for at least four years after the death of a husband, but most chose to wear them forever. And I think that happens a lot now. Older cultures like Italy, I know people that still, you know, mourn by wearing black. So uh, the trick of the photograph was to make the deceased appear alive. So great preparation was made to ensure they appeared to be alive in the photographs or at least appear sleeping. For the most part, it was a denial of death, but it was very popular and it helped many people deal with their grief as what psychology calls acute grief. The photograph process used was called daguerreotype, which was essentially an image placed on a piece of silver 
an expensive luxury that not all could afford at that time, ergo, the post-mortem photos belonged to the wealthy, at least until the 1850s, when more and less expensive forms of photography were introduced. Now, by the 1860s, most everyone was able to get this done, and they did. The demand was high, and the fees by photographers followed. So many times than not, a very difficult economic sacrifice had to be made by the family in order to acquire these stills. Due to the requirements of the photograph, it was always more expensive than any other regular portrait. There were many painstaking elements that went into the preparation of each shot. So first of all, the photographer had to come to the subject. So they they would have to travel. Now, of course, you know how it was back in the day. It, you know, things weren't that fast, so you can imagine. Uh, since most people died in their beds, it would become their last image in photo. And this was mostly the fact for children. So since the infant mortality rate was so much higher then, what family wanted was the last image or memory to keep of what they look like right before they died or doing something they loved. So most children were pictured asleep, quote unquote, in their beds, while others wanted a family photo cradling their deceased child or sitting or standing by them. In fact, most post-mortem photographs were many times the only photographs of children under the age of one because the mortality rate was so high then. Many of them were identified as anonymous in the photos. Posing of the body into these positions was tricky, but very ingenuously done. The photographer would go to the home where the body was already dressed for the family. The photos were rarely taken of a body inside the coffin, instead posing as the family saw fitting. But by the last half of the century, undertakers became involved in the routine funeral arrangement we are all accustomed to now. So no more photographs would be taken by the body outside of the coffin. Another element was that the subject was made to look as they did while living, depicting them in everyday life. For example, adults, it was what they did for a living. And for children, it was either sleeping or playing with their favorite toys. The eyes were closed on most, and they would hand paint open eyes on their closed eyelids to make it appear as though they were looking at you. The stand used to prop up the bodies resembled a doll stand and it would hold the body upright and tied with belts around the chest and waist area underneath their clothes. Other times the family would pose and hold up the deceased or let them rest their heads on them, leaning in as if they were resting. They would be able to hide the stand behind a full dress. So with women, it was easier to hide, but with uh, you know children or men, it was easier to detect the stand if you looked by their feet. So anytime you look at an old photograph, that's like a black and white, if you see one, and you look by their feet, you you might be able to see a wooden stand behind the body. That would be the stand. They did really well to hide it, so a lot of times you couldn't see them. Um, for us, 
This practice may seem a little morbid, but in time when children passed away long before their parents, where the average age of an adult was 29, this was a very comforting practice to be able to hold a memory of a loved one a few hours or days after they have died. It was very much desired. It's a still image of something that they can hold onto and keep forever. What's it for us uh, to shake our heads at this, really? When surely in years to come, someone will probably shake their heads at us for putting people, you know, wearing makeup and hair and getting them all dressed up and keeping their diamonds and things on. Or some people are buried with radios on or cell phones or weapons just in case they get buried alive or something. Or tattooed on our skins, rest in peace, you know. It's relatively similar if you think about it in the whole mourning process and each of us finds our own way to grieve. So I believe that maybe in the future things are going to be changing as well. Now the next time you see an old Victorian uh, photograph, you should take a closer look. The subjects may not seem alive at all. Um, You might even be able to see, like on some of the pictures that I put up here, you're able to see the kind of uh, the sadness in the survivors. Uh, You can see how sad they were. Many videos can be found on YouTube about this. Below is one that may be disturbing to some because there are children in the the photos that I have attached. Uh, It's not for the faint of heart or if you're emotional, you know, don't. I wouldn't suggest you look at them. But still the photos were done tastefully. And that was the article. There are photos. I even included a video. It's called Collection of Postmortem Photography, Victorian Postmortem Photos, Momenti Mori. And um, I have a lot of comments on there. I've actually taken, I've gotten a lot of negative comments, which people were telling me that's not true, that the stands were not true. It is true. I've already researched this before I even wrote the article. And to all of those people who say, no, this isn't true, then ask yourself, why then would there be multiple people in a shot one of them with the stand and one of them without. Was one of them tired and the other one wasn't? You see, that makes no sense. Okay, so that's it for today. I will talk to you guys tomorrow for Wednesday Works. And until then, how do we end this? How do we end it? Come on, tell me. In with the outro. Thanks for stopping in. Don't forget to like, share, and comment. And I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. And what do we say?